It's all about kicking back, relaxing, and enjoying the show. Take the time out of your day to listen to new music and the new sound of radio. Tune in every day, all day, for the greatest hits, latest news, and community events that you can be a part of. MoncoRadio.com, where music and minds meet. I mean, when you realize that a lot of the people at the show have been waiting three or four months to come see us, and this is like the big night for them. And when you, when you see all these people screaming and crying and all that... Screaming and, so <laughs> and crying? Why did I spend all that money? <laughs> 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 I spent all this money. <laughs> this is it. This is it. He goes up in the air. He's walking out of here. You wanted the best, and you got it. That's right, Kiss Army. We are rocking for an extra edition of the Kiss Room here in June. We started off, we're really going to start our story with where we left off when I talked to you last, which was you figured the, the actual June edition of the Kiss Room. You know, we had Damian Monte Carlo from Mach 22. We talked to Phil Schaus from Gene Simmons Band. We talked to Nick Turner, who was promoting all things Wizard World. I had the Kiss Room House Band. Bobby was here. Chris Ann was here. We had Jim Knapp from the, uh, the Rock That Nation. So we had a great time. And then this is where our story picks off. Obviously, a lot of you listened to us live last month, and I've told some of these stories on different podcasts, like Podcast Rock City. I was on there. Um, but we're going to kind of go into a lot of different things today. I'm going to take you through June, which was real, really a lot of fun KISS events for me. So the story picks up. We finish our KISS room, and I head down to pick up my brother. Shout out to Anthony Porter. And we went down to the Trocadero in Philly. Now, obviously, the Trocadero in Philly, we talk a lot about that. We talked about it on the June edition of the Kiss Room, how much history we've had with the Troc and whether it was Kiss playing there or Ace playing there or Paul Stanley playing there. And, and really, it was it's a great place to see a show. Headed down to the Troc with my brother. We get there. There's already a ton of people in line, which this is one of the themes that that really makes me happy is this is how social media should work. There's a ton of people in line. I already knew half of them. So the cool thing was how many people were in line that I knew that I was able to give a kiss room button to and, you know, really talk to and be like, hey, look, what's up? And people were taking the buttons. And, okay, let's see. Who keeps calling in? You're on Mako Radio where music and minds meet. Who's this? Andrew. Andrew, how are you? You are live here in the kiss room. We're going to jump ahead in our story because, Andrew, for those of you who don't know, got up on stage with Gene Simmons. So, Andrew, welcome to the Kiss Room. Hi. So tell us. Now, look, we're, we, were, we were just talking about getting to the truck. I'm meeting all these people. I'm handing out buttons. And we, we were going to talk about the set list. We have this whole lineup of things that we're going to talk about. But you had a very unique experience that night. And at the show, at one point, and I'm going to play the entire clip when we're finished here, uh, Gene Simmons says he's looking for a rock star kid. And is anybody in the crowd a rock star kid that wants to get up here and jam with us? And somehow he picks you out of the crowd and you come up on stage. Tell us your story. Okay, well, uh, 
it may seem that you know he picked me randomly, but in all truth, it was kind of staged. You know, we're going to pull the curtain back a little bit. Now, I will say the theater of it was fantastic because for everybody there, you know, when he pulls you out of the crowd, he says, that kid right there with the glasses, and he gets you out of the crowd, and you came walking up, and they went through a whole thing where they talked about what should your rock star name be and things like that. And look, for me at that moment, it did seem very organic, as if here was this lucky kid that was going to get yanked out of obscurity onto the stage with Gene Simmons, living the dream, and little by little, people seemed to reveal that maybe it was a little more WWE pre-planned, uh, but we like the kayfabe, but tell us a little bit. How pre-planned was it? Well, it, I only learned about playing with him the week of, so maybe I believe it was the Tuesday of, I just learned that. Yeah, uh, I was able to get up and play with him, and I was there at the sound check to rehearse the song. So you came ready. That that guitar they handed you was your guitar. No, the guitar he had was one of the guitarists in the backing band. Oh, got it. I got did, it. Yeah, I did bring my own, but it just seemed that using his was easier. You know, for people that that weren't there. Uh, they, you, you got up on stage. They went through a whole thing where they, uh, they said, we need a rock star name for you. And, uh, he, you know, he went through that and then they brought out that guitar and, and the guy next to me, which he was like, what? And you'll hear it when I play the clip, you hear him go, what? He can't believe it. They hang the guitar around your shoulders. And then Gene says, okay, what song do you want to play? And what did you say? Parasite. And the crowd popped what did it feel like to be on stage at the truck and have the crowd go nuts for you well first of all it was definitely amazing and i just couldn't get the smile off my face <laughs> now but, for for people that don't know how old are you 14 so you're a young guy and i mean yep. here's the funny thing june today's june 30th 2017 a lot of us very old dinosaurs are celebrating the fact that this, you know the love gun album dropped supposedly today in 1977 okay so think about that um and obviously now now i know from having now followed you on facebook and things like that you're in the school of rock how did you get involved with parasite and how do you know kiss well i ever since i was oh well i don't know but a very very actually very young i was really into all this older music and stuff like that and i've course i know kiss because they're like the greatest rock band of all time that's true or one of them yeah and uh so with my interest in music i started playing guitar and then you know my i was able to find the school of rock near me and i started doing stuff there and then one one day i was given the song to play Par the song parasite to play for a certain group at the school of rock and I learned it, which was thankfully good because uh, I don't know what, what other song I would have played. <laughs> you know, I'm a big fan of School of Rock. I think what they're doing, the idea of getting kids together to jam and make music and you're playing your guitar and you're, you know, obviously, you know, very skilled, especially for 14, you know, you nailed it. And mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, School of Rock, I think is something very, very positive. And when I see these kind of videos where, you know, you see these kids now, you just had a show the other night and you were dressed as Devo. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. We were in Wildwood. We're 
for both Saturday and Sunday, we were doing uh, shows in Wildwood. We act- I actually was able to perform Parasite there, and that was the group where I was doing going to learn Parasite with. And we, uh, yeah, we were dressed as Devo because we were doing Devo songs for the show, and we did a whole bunch of other stuff. Now, how did you get um, into playing guitar? You're a young guy. It can't have been that many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Ah, uh, guitar. Yeah, for some reason, I it's, I have no idea how, but I, for some reason I just gravitated towards music. And even, uh, even when I was, I, I can remember being very young, wanting to play guitar. Just like, I don't know. I, <laughs> it's hard to describe, but it's, I just, I don't know. It's just. <laughs> so who do we give the shout out to? Who, who bought you your first guitar? Well, my mom and dad. So shout, shout out, out to your mom and dad. That is fantastic. And obviously, they had to be very proud of the fact that you know they've seen you play these shows with School of Rock. But I mean, really. And look, I put a lot of weight on this because I'm such a Kiss geek. But to get on stage with Gene Simmons, that had to be really pretty cool. That was, it was like the greatest moment of my life so far. <laughs> I like that. You know, so talk us through it. Like, I mean, obviously you knew it was coming up and they, it was about five or six songs into the set. And, you know, we're going to talk about this when we, when we uh, go through the set list, but obviously, you know, they had been bringing people up on stage. They went through a couple songs. They did, um, uh, they did, do you love me? And Gene, obviously, you know, this is really why I think, and especially you're a young guy, you're going to learn this. It's why you put a guitar on because he picked out, really hot women out of the crowd and i know in the year 2017 everybody's politically correct and you're not supposed to say that women are hot but you know what they were hot and it's gene simmons and he picked the really nice ones and they all sang do you love me and that was fantastic and obviously they did i love it loud and they pulled a bunch of people up on stage for i love it loud people that i know i mean chris chris giordano from here in the kiss room went up and michael cavaccini and greg gory and I know the guy next to me was going up there. And I mean, it was people like the dream of really being on stage. I jumped up on stage with Ace Frehley one time and sang part of Detroit Rock City before the guy threw me off the stage. That's a long time ago. But the uh, and then it comes up to that spot where he says he's looking for a rock star kid. Now, what kind of emotions are you having at that time? You know, you're really getting the spot, right? Yeah. Emotions. Uh, a mixture of excitement uh ner- a little bit of nerves it wasn't see the thing is i was only a little bit nervous but for some reason it just i know it was gene simmons and all but while i was performing and all these emotions and stuff it for some reason didn't feel that different from when i perform regularly i know it sounds crazy but it's the kind of the feel of it well so i uh, how long have really you been in school of rock i mean how many shows do you think you've done prior to this Ooh, how many shows? Like you, it sounds like you're a pretty experienced performer at this point. Yeah, I've I have a lot of experience doing School of Rock and other uh, performances. Now, really, when you think about that, obviously you played Parasite with Gene Simmons. You're playing Devo. What is your favorite kind of music to play? And if you can say Kiss, that's fine. <laughs> uh, well, I usually gravitate towards more rock stuff but for really me it's really everything i i can you know i do i like a lot of rock and and it's from like all decades too even some new stuff even some old stuff 
So your mom and dad are turning you on to good music, and obviously your teachers at School of Rock. Name some of your teachers. Give them a shout-out. They obviously must be very proud. Oh, wow, teachers. All right. Uh, Dante. Uh, Dante is the one who actually gave me the song Parasite, so he, <laughs> he needs a shout-out. Now, look, is that yeah. Dante Simino? Yeah. Now, I, want, I don't even know if you know, if your teachers, you know, Mike Merpurgo and Dante Simino from School of Rock, if they ever tell you about their band called Jojo Slick. And uh, that goes way, way back. And I knew those guys a long time ago when they used to play like the Empire in the Northeast Philly. And uh, they probably don't talk a lot about that, but you could probably ask them about it. And maybe they'd even pull out those pictures where they have a lot longer hair and they'll tell you all about yeah. it. Oh. <laughs> Who else? Who else? Who else gives you the the guidance there to be the rock star kid? Well, um, one of the teachers I have right now is Will. Will Wright. He's uh, uh, he's a really good teacher, and I think he's uh, like especially for me. I think he's like a very a very multi kind of instrumental kind of person, and I feel that I am sort of like that too because I play more than just guitar and i i fiddled around, fiddle around with some drums and vocals and bass so you're gonna write all the songs yourself probably do you do you write your own original music yes i do so now one thing you could think about we do have something here that we do in the kiss room called the kiss room demos project which i'm actually compiling kiss room demos project volume four which is going to be something we're going to work on all summer, where what I did was the challenge was saying to all of you talented musicians, come up with a song. If Gene and Paul or maybe Ace and Peter called you and said, hey, look, we need demos for the new Kiss album. Can you write us a song? And I've had people writing things. I already have about four or five songs for Kiss Room Demos Project Volume 4. And if you go to the thekissroom.com slash demos, there's all kind of information. You can hear all the other songs. Maybe you'll write one for us. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd, I'd, I'd love to do that. So think about that. That would be fun. I mean, obviously, that's something I would really look forward to because, uh, you know, we had a lot of good stuff. I mean, a lot of these bands from all over the planet have sent me songs, and it's really, uh, you know, something that uh, I think is very interesting. People seem to really love it. And, I mean, obviously, now, one thing, I did talk to your mom via email, and she said to make sure that you mention you have a blog. Tell us all about your blog. Oh, God. <laughs> See, I, I have research. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, because I'm kind of a guitar freak and a music freak. It's it was more of like just this, someone I, some just free time idea thing I had. I just felt like writing a blog where I could just write about music because you know music is something I really really like. So where can people go to read that? Give us the address. Well, because I couldn't think of a better name, it's called the Fretboard Radius Blog, and you could search that up. On, I have a Facebook and it's a website. That's fantastic. I mean, obviously, you're sharing the things you've learned as a 14 year old guy getting ready to be a rock star kid, right? And uh, I think people should all check that out. And I mean, really, at that point, I think a lot of it, you know, obviously, when you got up on stage, that was the thing that I was re really the most impressed with was your confidence. You know, the fact that you could get up there and be so ready. I mean, obviously, look, that background band, those guys were as tight as could be. And I mean, oh, yeah, we, those, we, those guys were they, were, they were really great. Like, I, the back, yeah, it's just, I really liked this backing band. They were, 
yeah, they played really well. And you know what? They're probably pretty good role models. I mean, if you're going to be a musician, they're playing out all the time. They have their band in Nashville called The Rock and Roll Residency, and they play all the time, and they're super talented. And obviously, we're really nice guys. We talked to you know Phil from that band called in last month to the Kiss Room. Super nice guy. Very nice to us here. And obviously, I think that's something when you look at that, they're working a lot. And obviously, they're booking a lot of these solo shows with Gene Simmons and they're going out and doing their thing. So, uh, probably a good person to, you know, good people to look up to if you're going to be uh, a working musician. Mm-hmm. So, I'll tell you what, what we're going to do is we're going to actually play the track of you jamming with Gene Simmons and his band. Is there any last minute shout outs you'd like to give to people that are listening to the Kiss Room all over the planet? Thank you for <laughs> everything. You know, so that's now we have Andrew Ciardella. You're 14 years old. You're the rock star kid. You jumped up on stage with Gene Simmons. Maybe they had a little bit more pre-planning of the jumped up on stage than we were led to believe. Gene should get an Oscar. People always talk about his acting skills. He did seem very, you know, he acted very surprised. Like, wow, look at this kid. The first thing he did was he asked you, do you have a rock star name? Are you going to change your name to a rock star name, or are you going to keep your name? I'm not keeping my name, but <laughs> I... No. <laughs> I still have... <laughs> it's some crazy last name, but uh, I see, I haven't found a good name yet. I still have a, a while, though. You know, it was funny, because when they said that, everybody was yelling things out. The guy next to me yelled, Andy C., which obviously is not, not super creative because they're just shortening your name. And then yeah. um, I yell out, if you, and you're going to hear it in the clip, I yelled Rusty Blades. And all the Kiss Room geeks that are listening know why Rusty Blades is important. And Gene looked right back at me because it was right in the front row, and he said, that name's already taken. Which, of course, was one of the names when Eric Carr was looking, when, you know, Paul Caravello, when he was looking for a name before he became Eric Carr, they, somebody used the uh, idea of Rusty Blades. And I yelled that, and he actually looked right at me and said, no, that's already taken taken and you'll hear that in the clip and i thought that was pretty funny so what you're gonna have to do is you're gonna have to tell us your rock star name you're gonna have to get back to us go into the kiss room and obviously post a link to your your blog and post any links when you have shows coming up you want to promote everybody should come out i mean obviously you played parasite with your friends there the other night and it's the kind of thing where people can all get involved. Kiss fans are the most avid kind of diehard fans on the planet. And if they want to hear Parasite Live played by you, that's cool. Yeah, and uh, speaking of uh, upcoming shows, uh, Bicycle Rock's actually playing uh, playing in Philly, I believe, sometime in early August. Yeah, I think it's World Cafe Live. Wow, that's fantastic. Right so yeah, make sure you post the date. Go in the Facebook group of the Kiss Room. Make sure you post the date for that. People can come. We'll all come out and see you. That's awfully fun. So I'll tell you what. What we're going to do. I want to thank you for calling. I appreciate you taking the time to call into me. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to play this clip, and you'll actually hear where the crowd is is going crazy. This is Andrew Ciardella getting pulled up on stage. I'm going to play the whole thing. It's kind of long. You get to hear the whole clip, but I want people to get in the moment. And especially when, you know, when you say Parasite and the crowd pops, that's a fun moment. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Okay. And here we on. go. Here is some live music recorded from my cell phone. So the quality is not great right here in the Kiss Room on Monaco Radio where music and minds meet. So the question I have is, does anybody in the audience have a rock star kid who can play guitar and sing? You, can you play guitar? You can? 
how, how many years? You're only two years old. So how many years have you been playing guitar? One, one year. Okay. So you pointed to somebody who you have a rock star kid. That one? No, that guy's 34. I think my kid. Even though his hat's on backwards, it's not. He's 34. He's not a kid. Okay, come on. No, this one. The guy with the glasses. No, the guy with the glasses. Oh! Are you okay? okay uh, what's your name? Andrew. And Andrew. Okay, we're going to change the name here. What, uh, what's your last name, Andrew? Cirardella. God bless you. What did you say? Cirardella. Cirardella. Andrew! Andrew! Okay, we need a rock star name for Andrew Cirardella. What, what are you going to call him? Andy Sings! What? Andy Sings! Andy Andy Sings! Andy Rusty Blades! Rusty Blades? That's taken. I know! Okay, Andy, in all, in all seriousness, can you play guitar? Yeah, you guys Casado. have a guitar? Okay, here's your chance. Yeah! Yeah, Gene! What? Come on, Andy, see! Well, you know how to hold it and everything. We have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> can, can you really play? What, what song would you like to uh, sing? Can you, oh, you don't want to sing? You want to just play guitar? Oh, all right, all right, that's fine. <laughs> okay, we'll move back here because the front of the stage is over there. Do you, do you know any song? Something we could do with Stones or Kiss or anything? What song? by Ace Frehley. Yeah! You know, that's kind of, it's a tough song. You know how to play it? You're going to play the solo? Okay. Here we go, start it.
officer. That is from my phone. You can hear me yelling quite a bit. Thanks to Andrew Ciardella for calling in. 14 years old. Imagine that, and you get to jump up on stage with Gene Simmons. Now, like I said, we were going to pull the curtain back a little bit. Obviously, the, you know that night, it appeared, especially to those of us rocking right up in the front, that that was all just this great twist of fate, and he had pulled this lucky young man up on stage, and it was great theater. And then, of course, we do find out, okay, maybe they had even sound checked and things like that. But wasn't that great? And listen to that. First of all, the coolest thing, listen to how Gene says, you know, shout out to Ace for writing the song, the crowd chants Ace, Ace, Ace. And when you heard it right there, there it is, right from my phone, when he says Parasite, the crowd pops. And at the end, we did try and get the Andy, Andy, Andy chant going. I'll tell you, I was really thrilled. I thought, what a moment. Now, think about that. 14 years old. I'm thinking about that. I think that's about 1982 in my life. That's a long time ago. Yeah. But how cool is that? So, I mean, to be on stage at the truck. I mean, obviously, I'm going to I'm gonna kind of step back a little bit. Obviously, when I, like I said, when I got there, I handed out a ton of Kiss Room buttons. You know, walked right down the line. There was a ton of people that I knew. Like I said, I think that's one of the coolest things with social media is that you can kind of connect with everybody. And I saw, like, Alex Ferentz, who was right up front. And it's, you know, I met him. Somebody I'd only known from Facebook. Or, or Gary Capaletti had driven, like, five hours. And he's like, man, I drove five hours to get here. Talking to him, I saw Michael Kevin. Cheney and Jackie Weiss and Jeff Hahn and Rockstar Rob, of course. I mean, I could go on and on. I'm not going to probably list everybody because obviously I'll forget somebody, but I handed out a ton of kiss room buttons. If I gave you a kiss room button and a podcast button, I, I take and I stick them together like almost like a little castanet, and that way you can hold them both in your hands. Walked right down the line in front of all these people, and people were just like, give me a button, give me a button, and I handed out a ton of buttons. And that was great fun. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, getting in there. And like I said, we went through a couple of the songs. And obviously, you know, um, to me, this was the thing. And look, you know, obviously in the news, Gene Simmons, you know, was he going to trademark the symbol with his hand? And people were losing their minds. How could he do that? And I mean, the guy from Coven or whatever, it's the most press that he's gotten in 40 years. But everybody was losing their mind, and I'll tell you, some of the pages you go to, people go crazy. Gene Simmons is this and that and the other. But look, Gene Simmons will always be my favorite member of KISS. And it really, you know, when you get the chance to get into this, uh, you know, this meet and greet, and I want to thank Nick Turner and everybody at the Wizard World that made this so cool, and you get in line, and you go up through the truck, and, you know, there's this long line of people, and, and I've met Gene a couple times, and this, it's always cool. Like I'm always amazed, you know, there's Gene Simmons and everything starts going through your mind, you know, of being a little kid, being a kiss fan and, and being a teenager and being a much older teenager now, you know, and so I'm hanging with my brother and we're going off all these people and I have one mission in mind. I have, you know, I have a bunch of autographs and things like that. I met him before. I have one mission in mind to have it written down on a card. I hand him the card and all I want is a station ID. And here we go. Did it work? Ready? You tell me. Hi, everybody. It's Gene Simmons. You're listening to The Kiss Room on Montco Radio. But you knew that. But you knew that because you're in The Kiss Room. 
look, to me, that's just the coolest thing. I saved a little card, you know, where he, where he said that. And obviously, like I said, probably till the end of time, you'll be hearing this in the Kiss Room. Hi, everybody. It's Gene Simmons. You're listening to the Kiss Room on Montco Radio. But you knew that. <laughs> you know, so that was cool. I know a podcast, Rock City, has a similar one. But you knew that must be something that he, that he puts in all the time. But I was thrilled. I thought that was great. It's something that I have. I'll be using that in the Kiss Room. I really, you know, it was. it's always a thrill. And we got a picture with him. It's me and my brother. And let's see, there's the phone going. Um, you know, I had, it was me and my brother and Gene Simmons. It was funny because we're on both sides and Gene was cracking up and he says, oh, I think one of you has your hand on my ass, which of course neither of us did. And Madison just looked up at me like, what did daddy just say? And it was just like, uh, it's a cool experience and they know how to do it. They get you in, you get your photo, you get those couple seconds, you talk to them. And then we went right back outside. It was, you know, you go down into the line and we got to be down in the front. And obviously, you know, if you listened to the kiss room in uh, the start of the month, obviously the opening band was mock 22. We talked to Damian Monte Carlo. He was with us and they were great. You know, they put on a great show and it was cool. They're all like Philly Jersey kind of area guys. And they got to be right up there and they did their thing. And Cream Circus was real good. I mean, I don't know if you could probably find some video of them. I know at one point, he, uh, the singer, which I don't know all their names. I wish I did. But he had a mic stand attached to his guitar and actually was walking around with the mic stand kind of attached to the car. I never saw anything like it. It was really cool. They have a good sound. They have a cool kind of retro looking vibe. Very glam, kind of over the top. I really enjoyed them. And then look, push right up front. There's Alex. There was Chris Ann Colvin was right there. Kara Cooper. Uh, Ray, I think is her husband. I, I can't remember his last name. He was standing next to me. We're packed in. Get to be right in the front row. It was awesome. So, I mean, it's, and some of that stuff I did manage to record with my phone. I streamed some of it out on Facebook Live. And look, here's the thing. If you get a chance to go to these shows, if Gene Simmons is coming near you, you have to go. I know they announced the date for Lancaster, PA, which, uh, you know, I will be at that. That's going to be a lot of fun. It's one of those things where he pulled out songs that you just haven't heard Kiss do. I mean, obviously, they open with Deuce. We've all heard that. But, like, they're going through Shout It Out Loud, Nothing to Lose. Like I said, then they go into Calling Dr. Love. Then they did Do You Love Me. Like I said, he did pull some some women up on stage. He had them sing the Do You Love Me part. It was great. And, you know, again, you get to be Gene Simmons and bring the best-looking girls right up out of the crowd. Why wouldn't you want to do that? And then you had um, I Love It Loud. And like I said, you had a bunch of people that you recognize going right up on stage singing I Love It Loud. Chris Giordano, shout out to him, singing all the Paul Stanley parts of I Love It Loud. It was great fun. And... Uh, then they, they brought up Andy. Like, we just talked to him. It was so cool that he would call in and tell us and share that with us. And, like, you just heard it, the fact that really it was great, like I said, it was great theater. It appeared that he had pulled this guy right out of, out of the crowd and right up on stage. And it was great fun. Now, I know they are doing this gimmick again where they've said, if you have a rock star kid, get in contact with him. So if, it's, if the show's coming near you, make sure that you, you know, that you... uh Find out about it. And if you're a rock star kid, you know, maybe you can get hooked up. That'd be fun. And look, they they went through a bunch of other stuff. They did Radioactive and Christine 16, Sweet and Dirty Love, which I'm going to play when I transition out of this. Got Love for Sale. I mean, obviously, think about that. When are you going to hear that? I mean, obviously, you know, here we are celebrating 40 years of Love Gun. Got Love for Sale, Cold Gin, Charisma, Domino. They did a jam, like a blues jam, where they introduced everybody in the band. The band is outstanding. They really are just fantastic musicians. Uh, they did Rice Pudding, which is a Jeff Beck song. I don't know that. I mean, so obviously there's something for me to learn is to go out and get something like that. I think that, you know, that's one of those things. Gene said, look, we're all fans of music. So it's the kind of thing where, uh, 
you know, we just like listening to this and playing this. And they did that. They did Let Me Go Rock and Roll. They did Rock and Roll Night, of course, which is the greatest sing-along song you're going to find. Uh, and obviously, that's the kind of thing where it was really just a great party. And I think, obviously, this first section of the Kiss Room, I really wanted to dedicate to that. It was a great night. I mean, obviously, starting with the Kiss Room and going right down to the track. And really, look, getting to hang out with everybody, you know, getting everybody there that you kind of, you end up knowing a lot of these people. I saw so many, uh, Derek and Debbie Swenson were there all the way up. They had driven all the way up. I saw Mike and Jill were there. I'm trying to think of all the people. I mean, I know Pete Madison was there. There was just so many people coming to my mind because it was such a great time. And it really is, like I said, it's how it should work. You kind of know everybody and you say, hey, how are you? And I recognize you and hey, nice to meet you and things like that. And then on top of it, it was the greatest show. I mean, obviously, Gene did a lot of talking in the middle, and he talked about his box set. And he said, look, those demos with the Van Halens, they're going to be on there. And that got a huge pop out of the crowd. And, I mean, obviously, he talked about he talked about when he wrote the song Jelly Roll and how Jelly Roll became Sweet and Dirty Love. And he said, look, we've never played this song before, and we're going to play it for you. And guess what? I'm going to play it for you right now. Because you're listening to The Kiss Room on Monaco Radio, where music and minds meet.
got the bridge. I forgot it. Oh, you did? I can find the bridge. I just wrote the song. I don't know. That's right. So how cool is that? I mean, look, that's I can't say it enough. If that tour is coming anywhere near you, you have to go because obviously it was great fun and they were just a dynamite band. And I mean, obviously Gene Simmons was relaxed and, and I think it was really a different experience. It was really fun to hear him play those songs, you know, outside of kind of the confines of Kiss. He talked about the songs. It wasn't, it didn't seem so pre-planned. Like a lot of time it's okay, people, you know, we're all, you're so loud and blah, blah. it felt relaxed and cool. His playing was great, and it was really just a blast. And like I said, the fact that I could get in there and get him to do that station ID, I was thrilled by that. And like I said, I think in a lot of ways, one of the themes is I was kind of thinking about what I was going to say today. A lot of things, one of the best parts was really the fact that is kind of meeting people that you know via social media. So I do want to give a ton of shout-outs to everybody that, that sent the uh, the uh, link out and posted it. And Josie and Belly is listening out in Detroit Rock City. Chris Hartman from Almost Human. Billy Davis from Kiss Unmasked, which we I met him up in New York. We're going to talk about that. Shane Hebert, D.D. May Nichols, Britton Mitchell from Kiss Cosplay, David Cathy, Chris Simcoe, Bob McMichael, Allison Balick, Mikhail Burel, Joe Laskin, Javier Boaster, Joey Smith, Hoops, Greg Johnson, Kevin King is listening right now. Angela Lutz, who's going to start a new program here on Monaco Radio in the fall. Chris Goff, who's going to start a new podcast. We're going to talk about that. Vinnie Vin, Dottie Jones, Candy Burton, of course, which is also starting a new podcast. We're going to talk about that. Tony Mann up in New York City. Steve Javorski, Jason Backen. He has a great podcast, Cobras and Fire. Greg Johnson, Kenneth Roy, Mike Simcoe, Brian Speck, Chris Ann Colvin, who was part of our story earlier, Kalen Provo, I know, is listening. Eileen Pompey is listening, and she shared the link. The guys from Alive 75 shared the link, and obviously Anthony is going to call in probably right around 4 o'clock, and we're going to talk a lot about that when we get into our KISS Expo discussion. Justin Bowski from Rock the Nation in Philadelphia, which we've had them in here the last couple months. Jerry Gella from Bad Cop, Bad Cop Podcast. You all need to listen to that. Joe Polo and Jody Havnot from Podcast Rock City, obviously, and they were nice enough to have me on. I went on one of the live shows and talked a little bit about some of this, so you got kind of a preview. Christine the Button Queen, of course, the great Ken Mills. Bobby Dreyer, which Bobby said he was, he might even stop in. I don't know. He's on his way to the beach or something, but uh, he's that's why you're not hearing Bobby. Bob Brodsky is going to be a big part of the next section that I talk about that. Of course, Anthony Porter, my brother, and the lovely Amy Porter all shared the link. I think I got everybody. I mean, I, I you know, if if I missed you, the uh, it's because. Uh, I don't know. I lost that paper, but the uh, but try and share the link for me every time. That's another thing. If you really you can, you know, when you're sharing stuff in the kids room, talk about the show. Talk about the things you heard. It's nice to see uh, you know different things that you're doing. I don't really want to see the same a million pictures that we've already seen a thousand times. Post something that's you know unique to you. I like that. And uh, speaking of that, there will be a new podcast called Kiss World, which is hosted by Chris Goff and Candy Burton. That's coming soon. Um, here's something I wanted to mention is the fact that our friend Tony Mann, great friend of the show, great friend of mine, he is looking for pictures or stories of Big John Hart. Now, when we talk about the KISS Expo, we're going to talk about Big John Hart. And obviously, everybody that is a KISS fan recognizes Big John Hart. And if you know, he's he was the bodyguard. A lot of times, he's very famous for putting his hand in front of their faces and, and uh, blocking photographers. 
not letting him get the shot so he could be mysterious for all these years was nice enough to do a photo like that for me uh, because then I'm part of history. It's great fun. Well, he's looking to put together a book. He's working with Big John. It's starting to take shape. Now, I will tell you, at the expo, I had the chance to hang out with Tony, and he had on his phone, he had been with Bob Gruen, and he had these little quick snapshots that he had uh, had taken of just these random pictures never published of Big John with Kiss in different places. They're all going to be in this book. And let me tell you, they were amazing. As I sat there, I was like, man, Tony, you're the coolest. And you know what he is. So if you have any good stories with Big John or with, uh, you know, photos, things like that, you can talk about it. Now, what we're going to do when we we're going to talk a lot in the next segment about the New York Kiss Expo. But there's also another expo coming up that I want you all to be very familiar with. And we're going to listen to this right now. Do you love it loud? Then plan to attend the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. One day event celebrating all things rock and roll. Over 20 rock podcasts from all over North America recording on site. Panel discussions with producers that have worked with Ozzy, Slayer, Kiss, Y&T, Seven Dust, Dokken, and more. Celebrity signings and meet and greets with current and former members of Cinderella, Winger, Tora Tora, Collective Soul, Taiketo, The Monkees, with more to be announced. All that and record dealers slinging some sweet vinyl. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo takes place Saturday, August 26th at the Music Valley Event Center. More information available at NashvilleRockandPodExpo.com as well as on Facebook. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. Feast your ears. So that's the Rock and Pod. Go to the NashvilleRockandPodExpo.com. Thanks, Dennis. Just share my link. Matt Universal, I just shared the link. Uh, there's people out there, you know, Candy posted something in the kiss room. I can't look up right now because we're on to the next day. We saw Gene Simmons. And then the next day, I went right back down to Philadelphia. Actually, first I had a detour with my first special guest here in the kiss room. Madison Porter, where did we go first thing that Saturday morning? Well, first we went to my orthodontist. <laughs> Welcome to the kiss room, Madison Porter. Thank you. So we went to her orthodontist appointment on our way to Wizard World. Now, Gene Simmons was going to be at Wizard World. Obviously, the Gene Simmons show was kind of tied into the Wizard World. And uh, so we, we uh, had our mission. We were going to go. Now, obviously, I was going to go stalk Gene Simmons. Uh, I, you know, I had met him the night before, so I wasn't really going to get back in that line. And I didn't think that I would really you know, get a photo or anything. But we did manage to find, and we got there pretty late because the traffic was terrible. But we did manage to get there in time for a little bit of the Q&A. And even though the night before he had been in total rock star mode, it was kind of business mode, Gene. And I did capture this little clip, and I, I really felt that it was very important. And I, I liked it, and it connected with me. And I'm going to play this for you real quick. Go to church. Listen to somebody who just makes you feel better about yourself so you don't go to the dark side. Surround yourself with winners. Get rid of the drug addicts and the boozers and all that. They will drag, they'll drag you down to the pits of hell where they live. Have no sympathy for them. Tell them where to go to help themselves. They're all grown up. You're not their mommy. Get rid of the parasites of society from your life. You deserve better because you're going to make more money. And with the more money you make, you're going to be able to supply your family with the lifestyle they deserve because they depend on you or your loved ones or your mom and all that. And you'll be able to create jobs and give to charity only with money. Money is a good word. Get used to it. We're taught the wrong things. The richest among us, Springsteen and everybody else walks around with ripped jeans. Ripped ever so slightly because 
We don't want you to know that we have $300 million. I do. But we want to rip, rip it up. I'm just like you. But how about that? Get rid of the the parasites from your life. Now, obviously, the funny thing was there he was talking about how, you know, you should be fiscally responsible and things like that. Wizard World's expensive, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so your mission, I, I wanted to go see if we could see Gene Simmons. Now, the coolest thing, we go walking around, even though the traffic was tough, you know, you're driving around, things like that. But the cool part is, you know, you see the Flash kind of waiting in line and, uh, you know, there's the Flash walking down the street or the Rocketeer or whatever. Now, who were you looking for? Um, well, let me just say the night before or a few nights before, I was like, um, I don't really want to go because my dad said he was going to stalk Gene Simmons. <laughs> so, but then he looked on the guest list and he's like, oh, Maddie, look who's there. And then it's it was actually Paul Wesley from the Vampire Diaries. And I was really stoked and hyped about it so instead of stalking gene simmons we tried to stalk paul wesley but we didn't know that he was doing photo ops at that time so i was going to go get a photo op but they were all sold out but then i just got an autograph with a picture those regular pictures so that was kind of the highlight of the wizard world was uh, it was kind of the best of both worlds oddly enough madison's favorite is from the vampire diaries he was right next to gene simmons at, you know, and, and look, anybody, if you've never been to Wizard World, you should go. It was great fun. There was a lot of the WWE people, and there's tons of artists and things like that. Any last words on the Wizard World? Um, yeah, like my dad said, you should go. It's really fun. Definitely there's a celebrity that you would want to see. There we go. And we want to send a shout-out to Rockstar Rob, who got a little bit of video for us while you were getting your autograph from Paul Wesley. And I think it's probably your first famous other than me, first famous person that you've met mm-hmm. or Uncle A. <laughs> so that kind of, that was the Wizard World. And obviously that was a ton of fun. And then really fast forward to the next weekend, I headed up to New York City. We're going to go to the expo. And again, this goes back to kind of the people that you know for all your life because of Kiss. I want to give a big shout out to my friend, Bob Brodsky. Bob, I have known for about 30 years because very much because of Kiss. You know, I was working at the uh, the college where we both went and he had an acting class and I, my job at the time, cause I was a student worker, shout out to student workers. I have some student workers now. It's funny how things go is that I would videotape his class and his class was like an acting class and they had to perform kind of a day in the life in your room kind of thing. And there he was, had all this kiss stuff laid out and it was, it was cool because it was just like, he was, you know, listening to kiss. And I remember saying, Hey, look, you're a kiss fan. I'm a kiss fan. We've been friends ever since. So I went up with Bob and we went up to, up in the train. And look, this is the coolest thing. We're walking around. And we Again, it's all about you find people that you know. We found Pasquale from the, the Kiss Army Nation and Mike Myocker and Superfan Andy and Kim Goodwin and their friend Danny all hanging out. Like, hey, look, we know all you. We'll walk around. We saw the guys from Sister's Doll. I gave them a, all Kiss Room buttons. They're the background band for Peter Chris. We're going to talk about that a little bit. They're real cool. If you haven't heard their music, they're a lot of fun. They're from Australia. They were all the way up in New York City. They're funny. I said, well, have you ever been to New York before? And they're like, well, not since we are little. I'm thinking they seem like pretty young guys themselves, but they seem to be having a great time. Obviously, walking around New York City, we're going to talk about that. That was the night before. We had some really expensive cheeseburgers, some great pizza at a place called Little Italy Pizza right next to the uh, Pennsylvania Hotel Pennsylvania. I could go on and on about that, but I'm not in case you know, anybody that's listening that's wondering why I'm back getting fat again. But hey, look, 
Saturday, the Kiss Expo. How great was this? Now, I'm going to fast forward kind of through it. I know Anthony from Alive 75, I told him to call in around 4 o'clock. So I'm going to try and cram in a bunch of this stuff up to when Anthony calls in. Because we're going to talk Kiss Expo. Obviously, there's some uh, some people didn't necessarily have a good time. But look, here's the thing. We went to the Kiss Expo. Peter Chris was going to be there. Bruce Kulick, Ken Kelly, Chris Lent, Big John, Carol Ross, Dennis Wallach, Lynn Goldsmith, Robert Conti, Roman Fernandez was there with his Bill of Coin petition. If you haven't signed it, if you're listening to The Kiss Room, I know I can tell you right now, go to a coin globe. If you don't know how to spell a coin at this point, come on, look on every one of your 1970s Kiss albums, ocoinglobe.com, sign that. The first person we ran into when I walked in was Len D'Alessio, which obviously Len, very famous photographer, took some of the earliest pictures of the band, and he had his awesome setup with all his photos and the photo that that um i was going to get i got from him that i'm that i was going to have signed is this great picture of peter that is on the cover of the nothing to lose book that kind of composite but that version and thanks bobby because bobby was right there and he got it signed and len of course wrote where is matt porter which obviously uh any of you if you know me you know why that's funny but so it was cool to see everybody. We're walking around just talking to everybody, and then we just waited in line. I mean, obviously, KISS fans, I think, know the drill. You get in line and you wait. And obviously, Bob and Lynn Murphy, we became friends with them. They were waiting in line, and Billy Davis from Unmasked, and Chris Metzger, and Paul and Christine. I saw Eric Tato Rock's car, even though he wasn't wearing his makeup. Look, Nils Fenson's there. He's from the Destroyer Alive podcast, all the way from, like, Oslo, Norway. How cool is this? Like, here I am from, like, you know... Pensburg, PA, like guys like that. Johan Magnuson is all the way from Iceland. And here's the thing that's amazing. These guys, and this is really one of the things I would say, shout out to them. They're totally fluent in English, but then in, you know, Norwegian or Swedish or they're speaking, they go back and forth talking to their friends in, you know, and I'm like, man, I'm barely can barely talk, you know, speak English. But, uh, but so it was really nice to meet him. I mean, it's cool because it's somebody again that you're friends with on Facebook that all of a sudden there he is right there. You get to have a conversation, you get to hang out. Everybody's cool. Like I said, the Sisters Dog guys were there. Bill Bugling took a bunch of pictures. I met Joe McGinnis from Classic 78. You've heard Classic 78 on here. Uh, Fred Fred Velez gave me his book. Jill Lewis and Mike were there. Scott Engel, Jeff and Nina Moss, Tony Mann, of course. But look, here's the thing. You wait in line. You talk to everybody. You hang out. And finally, the line moves. Okay, and we've been waiting. But here's Peter Chris. Now, look, same thing with when I mentioned Gene Simmons earlier. I geek out because of the fact that, look, there's Peter Chris. He's right there. And I had this Montco poster, what I call the Montco poster. It's the ad that a lot of you, you've heard me talk about it before, is it's a lot of the reason the Kiss Room is kind of based on it. It has that May 11th date. It's a big, giant poster that I have in my office. And I wanted to get him to sign it. And he could not have been nicer. And you go through, and he was, he you know, hey, this is cool. And he's looking at it. He's, oh, this is a really early picture. And obviously it was the the first album covers on that. And it's Peter Chris. And I don't tend to get real super starstruck except for those guys in Kiss. And, and, you know, he was all handshakes and he's hugging everybody. And now look, I know there's people out there that are listening that didn't have as good of an experience. They had to wait. Some people were waiting five or six hours. I know there's some people that were really not happy. I'm happy. I was thrilled, and he was very nice, very talkative, talked to everybody, just, hey, how you doing? You know, 
Great to see you. I know one of the things I heard him mention to a lot of people as we were waiting in line was take care of your health. You know, I mean, he's very conscious of that idea. And obviously everything he went through with the, you know, the cancer scare and everything, he's concerned with that. And he said, you know, look, you guys got to take care of your health. You're young guys. I'm not even a young guy, but I mean, it's, you know, you, you really, when you're standing there talking to Peter Chris, it's amazing. And it really was just the, the thing that impressed me the most. And, you know, I got a hug from Peter Chris. And then really from there, at that point, I'm on cloud nine. And then we went outside and they had, um, you know, they, they went, they didn't really do much of a Q&A because there was all kind of problems with the sound. You're going to find out all about that when we talk. You know, I, I know that's something we're going to talk to with Anthony. But Bruce Kulik and Lisa Lane Kulik put on an amazing show, like really amazing. And I'm going to play a couple tracks here and I'm, while I try and get Anthony on the phone. Let me see if I can cue this up. This track. This is part of Reason to Live, but um, listen to how this is presented. It's amazing. So yeah, that was obviously Bruce Kulik. Obviously, you're all a fan of, but what a treat the, you know to have he and his wife were there. And the thing that I was impressed by, Bruce seemed really emotional at the end, like thrilled to be able to share the music with his wife and to be there and, and present these songs in this way. My phone was dying at this point. I got one more song I want to play for you. This is actually, um, I thought this was one of the highlights right here. It's Bruce Kulik and Lisa Lane Kulik doing Forever at the New York City Kiss Expo. And after this, I'm going to queue up. To, I'm going to try and get Anthony from Alive 75 on the phone. We're going to talk more about it. Here we are in the Kiss Room.
So that was Bruce Kulik and Lisa Lane Kulik from the Kiss Expo. Look, I can't say enough. I had a great time. I believe it was the first time there was ever a New York City Kiss Expo that was actually in New York City. There are people out there that didn't necessarily have as good a time. And I know that some of you were disappointed. You had to wait a long time. But look, for me, I had a great time. We're going to talk to Anthony. I'm going to dial him up from a live 75 right now. It is just after 4 o'clock. We're into the second hour. You believe that? Shout out of a cannon here in the Kiss Room on Mako Radio where music and minds meet. Oh. Now look. I had that all queued up. I got my 4 o'clock reset. Now let me call Anthony. Hold on. smoke in the kiss room you wanted the best and you got it the hottest man in the land matt porter That's right, Kiss Army, we're back, and we've been talking about Kiss, and we've been talking about the New York Expo, and joining me on the line right now should be the demon of Alive 75, Anthony DeLucia. Anthony, are you there? I'm here, Mr. Matt Porter. Yes. How are you? Fantastic. Let me fade down the crowd going crazy here <laughs> for Anthony. Awesome. And so, Anthony, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm okay. doing uh, Wait very a, well these days. Wait a minute. Now look, coming in the studio also, Bobby Dreyer, where have hey, you been? Get hey, in here. It's here, wait, get on a mic. You, it's radio, and I got Anthony on the phone. Hey, look at this. It's the second hour of the Kiss Room. Bobby! Okay, wait. Now, he doesn't have his headphones on. Anyway. Okay, ready? here we go. Ready? Ow! Now it's a party. Now, wait a minute. I thought you were on the way to the shore. I was. <laughs> what are you doing here? Dude, how can I skip the kiss room? <laughs> That's awesome. No. You know, because Bobby was part, he was up at the expo with us, so we're going to talk about that. And if we get Bob Brodsky to come up here, we'll be all set. <laughs> but the, uh, so anyway, while I got you on the line, Anthony from Alive 75, we'll start that again. So tell us, now look, anybody that follows Alive 75 on Facebook, they've been reading all your stories of the expo. You have a lot to talk about, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, you know, as, as, I'm going to use the word horrific an experience it was to go through. Uh, it ended on an extremely high note. And, you know, the guys, myself, the guys in the band, we do this because we're fans. We do this for the experiences and the memories that are created, the enjoyment that we get out of it, the sharing with the, the KISS fans that, uh, that come to the shows and follow along. And so the entire time, I have to tell you, I have to be honest, the entire time, as bad as things were, all I kept saying to myself was, <laughs> Boy, are we going to have a lot of stories to tell. Well, you know what? I think in some ways, you know, obviously I, mean, I spent the last hour talking about, you know, uh, the expo and the Wizard World and all this stuff. And they kind of go back in time. Give us a little bit of the setup, you know, as far as now, anybody that's been following along on your stories on your Facebook know it. But kind of give us a setup of what happened. I mean, obviously, uh, anybody that was at the expo knows that it wasn't maybe the smoothest day for you guys, but you handled it really well. Talk about that, Anthony. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, this goes. This starts back in February when we get an email out of nowhere. 
uh, about, uh, you know, hi, I'm Derek. I did the uh, LA Expo. We're thinking about doing it in New York. We'd love a Live 75 to perform. And we're like, wow, cool. All right. And we get a dialogue going. Uh, you know, fast forward um, up to the week of the show, and we're recognizing uh, with each passing moment that uh, this expo seems to be less and less prepared uh, for what is likely to be, you know, a really big event. I mean, you've got people coming in from all over the world. You've got Peter Chris there as the main guest. You've got Bruce Kulick and a bunch of other special guests. I mean, it's shaped up on paper to be phenomenal. But... Um, it, uh, behind the scenes, behind that curtain, uh, I, I could say that the wizard wasn't necessarily in control of all the levers. <laughs> well, you know, and that was, it's funny you'd say that, but I believe, and, and if anybody out there that's an expert wants to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was the first ever New York Expo actually held in New York. It's always been in New Jersey. In, yeah, yeah. And the New Jersey guys were not involved in this in right, any way. Right. I mean, this was a new guy coming in, trying his hand at doing something in New York. Uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll come a little bit of slack, and I'll give him credit for trying, but it was a very stressful and frustrating situation for us, um, you know, a few days before, and I won't go into all the gory details, but if you're interested, you go to our Facebook page. Um, as Matt had said, we, we publish stories all the time about our experiences, about our interactions with fans, about what it's like on the road, and all this other good stuff. Um, we've got a ton of stories from this uh, experience, and then we package them all together. You go to the Facebook page, you go to the notes, and you look at the expo story, and it goes on and on. And you can see as much as you want there. But just a few days before, we still weren't sure about logistics, about where we were kind of landing, where we were putting the trailer, how we were going to get up onto the 18th floor. Uh, I called a guy uh, cold at the hotel to try to get some answers directly from the event management at the hotel. And one of the first things he tells me was, what, tribute band? I didn't know about a tribute band playing in the ballroom. So, you know, <laughs> it, just, it all starts going on in my mind about what are we doing here? But at the same time, thinking we've got to figure out how to make this work. Um, the day of the show, well, the day before the show, we loaded everything in to get, uh, to get around, you know, what's a nightmare uh, in terms of traveling in and out of Manhattan. Uh, so we were able to get everything up there on, uh, on the Friday night, which was good. We got in there early Saturday to set up. Sound should have been there sometime around 8 or 9 in the morning so that we could have sound checked before anyone even stepped into the room. Um, people who were there know that that didn't happen. <laughs> sound ended up getting there quite late. Uh, and then the sound company that actually was hired for, for, the, for the gig wasn't really up to par at all. And, uh, you know, Bruce Kulick had some very real concerns. I don't want to put any words in his mouth, but we did have a couple conversations about, you know, how are we going to handle this? What are we going to do? Uh, one of the things he did say to, to myself and the band uh, back in the dressing rooms, is, uh, you know, in the afternoon was, look, there's a lot of fans here. You know, we've got to do whatever we can do to give them a show and to, to give them something. And, uh, you know, to his credit, he went out there and had uh, a really good response um, he, you know, his wife and he doing their thing uh, went over really well. Uh, when we went out there, uh, not so much, at least for the first 30 to 45 minutes. <laughs> um, once we got a couple of folks who were on hand to kind of take the reins and basically wrestle control away and say, look, we're going to do this our way, uh, things came together pretty quickly. And, and thanks to, uh, you know, I'll do a couple shout-outs here just to uh, two key uh, three key folks from, from two groups, right? Uh, our buddy Joe, who's the demon in Dressed to Kill New York City, uh, jumped on the board. He was familiar with the board. He said, look, you guys, let me, let, me, let me have at this and really put it together the right way. 
And then we had Tony Mann and Randy Gregg from Almost Queen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're real good friends of ours. And, uh, you know, they worked the room. They worked the EQ. They had things going and levels and, and all this other stuff to kind of dial us in. Uh, we got the thumbs up from Randy to just kick it in and let's get going sometime around 45 minutes after we were actually on stage. And I think by the time we got into Strutter, our second song, things were really dialed in well. And at that point, we were having the show we wanted to be having some hour before. But uh, for the folks who stayed in the room and hung in with us, we were so appreciative. Uh, you know, I think we did, a, we did an okay job. And uh, you know, we, we've learned a lot in terms of uh, you know what to expect or not from certain things, and and we'll definitely be sure to have Plan B, Plan C in our pockets for a lot of these things going forward. Well, I think I mean that was really definitely kind of you know, and obviously, look, I played some of the tracks from Bruce and his wife earlier in the show, and I thought that was fantastic. I mean, a really good lead in because they they were spectacular. I mean, I really like I to- I said earlier in the show how much I really enjoyed their performance, and then. It, it just seemed to take forever to get that sound check done. And I think people that were in there, like, and I had talked to you earlier in the day, and I knew the kind of um, problems that you'd been having with everything <laughs> up to this point. But, I mean, really, once you got started, I thought it was fantastic. And I think everybody that was there, the nice thing about these KISS Expos, and it's always been this way, the crowd is so into it. And, like, everything they were doing that you guys were doing, they were supportive of because... I think they realize what you're doing. It's a crowd full of KISS fans. And yeah. I think, uh, you know, really, I think the best thing would have re- really been, sure, if you had gotten on about an hour earlier, because there was definitely a couple people that maybe were a little past their bedtime and were getting a little cranky. And, uh, you know, it, it makes it a little uncomfortable. But I think by the time those people went back to bed, we all had a great time. Yeah, you know, and, and honestly, I can't blame them, right? Um, it was a long and frustrating day for a lot of people. I'm sure there were a handful of people that, that had a blast and really have no complaints. But uh, I've also heard from a majority of people. I wouldn't go that far on the complaint. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic here, Bobby. Try, try to show a little love somewhere, right? Well, that's, you know, like I said earlier, I think for me um, – you know, I got everything I wanted. I think a lot of it was depending on where you were in the line at the time, yeah. you yeah. know, and, uh, and, and really what your expectations of that were going to be. But, you know, we talked about that earlier. Yeah, but. so, so you know, as we're, as we're kind of struggling to get things going, right, I, you know, you know, again, if, you, if folks were there, I took the stage and played MC for a good 25, 35 minutes and ran out of freaking things to say. <laughs> but um, I didn't want to throw anybody under the bus, at least at that right. point, right? We're, the entire time we're hopeful, we're optimistic, we're going to figure this out. But, you know, the, the entire sound, uh, front of house sound situation and the lighting, which didn't show up, were right. both the, repo- the promoter's responsibility. It's in our rider. It's in our contract. Right? We don't play if you don't have the stage to light and the sound there for us. Uh, we could have walked and bailed on the gig uh, right up until we took the stage. But, you know, what would that have done for the fans who had enjoyed yeah. the day, right? We had to get out there and, and, and muscle through it. And I'm so appreciative of the folks who, who did that with us. Uh, back to the, the couple of cranky folks who, who gave up. I mean, I can't blame them. I can't blame them at all. What they saw, what I could only imagine sitting in, out there watching, you know, us standing on stage just kind of waiting. Uh, and a bunch of guys running around trying to get things right that, that, you know, we came to find out later really had no business running that kind of equipment. Um, it couldn't have looked good at all. Uh, so, again, in the back of my mind, I'm saying, what a story this is going to be <laughs> when it comes time to tell it. 
Uh, and, you know, remaining optimistic that at some point it's going to work its way out. It just took longer and longer and longer than I ever would have wanted it to. <laughs> um, but, you know, like I said, it, we, it, bailing, as much as we all said, oh, this is going to be awful, we can't do this, you know, the other side of the coin was there was no way we were going to bail, right? We had to make it work. Uh, and I'm glad we did. I mean, I mean, how cool was the, um, the, uh, the lighting support from the audience? I was I mean, just going to say, I think the, the, one of the... In, in a way, it's almost like the best thing about Kiss is that when you have a problem, you make it like it's part of the show. And I was going to give you a shout out. I thought that was brilliant when you said, okay, everybody come up front with your cell phones when you're going to do the blood spinning gimmick yeah, yeah. and light me. And, and you know, I, I went running right up and I put my cell phone. There was a bunch of people all up front. And you know what? It was a cool angle to be at. We we're all kind of like, look, and I always say the only thing that gets a group of people on their knees in front of the stage is usually strippers. But the, uh, you know, I'm too old for that. And it was just like, uh, it was cool the way that, you know, there was a bunch of us all went up front with the, with the cell phones and lit you to do the blood spitting. I- I was so pleasantly surprised. So for, for, for that, the, you know, the story there, and it's, it's documented uh, on the site, but uh, I slipped behind the back line um, during the spoken guitar solo. And Andy Miller, who's a great friend and fan of the show and helps us out a lot at shows, he was, work, he was running um, stage right support and, and managing my cable. So when I stepped behind there to, to kind of step out of the limelight there for a moment with the smoke guitar solo, he said to me, he said, dude, he said, get some of these iPhones out there when it comes time to you to do the blood. It'll be cool. And I thought about it for half a second and said, that is brilliant. <laughs> so I'm not going to take credit for the idea. It wasn't mine. But it was brilliant. So when it came time for me to sneak back there to get a mouthful of blood and for that smoke and fog to start rolling, you know, and I shouted out, you know, let's get a little mood lighting up here. When I came back out and I saw the entire front of the stage packed with people <laughs> on the ground, it was lit up like, wow. I was like, this is super cool. And then, uh, you know, how cool is it also? I mean, the guys in the back of the room on the light switches. I mean, again, right. the lighting didn't show up. Uh, who knows if it was ever, you know, ordered. But we made it work. Uh, and And the experience in the room, I thought, was phenomenal. And when we got cut short at the end, when hotel management said you got time for one more show, then we'll pull uh, one more song, then we're pulling the plug. I knew that the audience was going to go for "Let Me Go Rock and Roll," which they did. And when uh, you know, when Mark, our star child, you know, asked for folks to get up on their feet, that entire room was up on their feet, and uh, you know, it was just a great. That was the moment we had been working towards the entire time, uh, and it was just great that it came together the way it did. Well, you know, and, and one thing that I was really going to point out was it had to be kind of cool and a little bit surreal is you have Bruce Kulick, you know, an actual member of KISS coming to you and saying, hey, look, I could really use some help here getting this sound right. You know, and, and I, you know, I read all those stories, you know, and obviously your star child was geeking out because they were doing some really choice cuts, <laughs> yes. you know, and people can go read that. But I think, you know, like kind of talk, talk about that. I mean, obviously that had to be pretty cool, even in the face of what was really maybe not the smoothest situation. Yeah, no, absolutely, it was. And uh, so, um, so yeah, so Star Child gets a little starstruck. I mean, um, you know, we've we've rubbed elbows with a bunch of folks, uh, you know, first string, second string, third string, you know, over history, right? And and in this this particular expo was no no exception. And so it started when we were setting up, and Bruce showed up somewhere in the ten or o'clock hour or so to ask about you know who he needs to talk to for sound. And uh, we told him sound wasn't there yet. And, and I think I said in the story, you know, in a very business-like way, he said, let me go talk to the promoter. <laughs> and I just walked off. Uh, he checked back in with us a little bit later. My wife grabbed me. I think you 
uh, Matt and I were talking along with Len D'Alessio and a couple of folks at the far side of the room, right? My wife came right. and grabbed me by the elbow. Excuse me, excuse me, Bruce Kulik would like to speak to you. Um, and he and I went backstage and uh, started talking about well, what are we doing, right? Sounds not here. How are we going to do this? You know, we can't go out like that. I can't go out like that. You can't go out like that. Um, I think at that point, there was like that... Um, the early PA had showed up. They were just doing the Q&A stuff. Right. And, and we were very concerned that that was not anything that was going to be able to support us doing the show, and it wasn't going to be able to support him, him and Lisa either. Uh, and, you know, he said, look, if you hear anything, please come find me. If I hear anything, I'll let you know. I mean, we were really kind of feeling our way around the dark there. Um, finally, sometime in the afternoon, we, we got word that some real equipment was showing up, uh, and I went over to, to let him know and, you know, he's very appreciative. We were both feeling a little bit of relief at that point because at least we saw some real subs, some real mains, we, you know, a, a board that we recognize as being a, a quality board. Like, okay, so it's going to come together. Um, and then uh, you, you talk about surreal. So um, the, the last interaction with, uh, with Bruce was when he was getting ready. Uh, he had noticed that we were set up in a kind of hallway or an anteway between two of the ballrooms, the, the ballroom that the expo was in and the one beside it, which wasn't being used at the time. So this hallway we converted into a dressing room slash green room. And uh, at one point, uh, you know, we offered to kind of give him a walkthrough and show him where we were. He had asked about it, and him and Lisa came back there with us, and he was like, wow, this is pretty cool. You guys got yourself a real green room back here. Um, and we spent some time talking about different things. And he said, you know, when I'm ready to play, I'm, I can come right through here, right? I said, absolutely, yeah, of course. So he showed up about, I'm going to say, maybe 20 or 30 minutes before he was ready to go on. Uh, we were chatting a little bit, um, and then he asks us, he says, all right, who's the closest to being done with their makeup? <laughs> and we're all kind of like, well, why are you asking us that, right? And, and um, Catman, my uh, drummer Joe, says, uh, yeah, I'm almost done, Bruce, what do you need? And he says, I, I, I need a mirror for a couple minutes to get my makeup going. And we all had a good laugh. And sure enough, he sat right down. Now, you know, we're sitting there with Bruce makeup. Uh, I'm sorry, Bruce Kulik, and we're all kind of doing our makeup. You can imagine Mark Starchild is, like, losing his mind. <laughs> the rest of us are kind of just doing our thing, right? And uh, then he, he tuned up his guitar. He kind of warmed up a little bit. We chatted a little bit more. He went out and did his... Uh, uh, and did a set which we could clearly hear which was very cool so yeah. while we weren't yeah. watching was... we were able to enjoy it which was real nice and again that was another moment of okay it's coming together um, one of the last things we talked about with him uh, was that you know we had never gone ever gone on stage without a proper sound check um, and for this we were going to get a line check at best uh, you know, and again, you know, words of advice and experience that, that he brings to the table. He says, look, guys, you know, we do that all the time with Grand Funk. He says, you get a good line check, you get out there. As soon as you stop playing, they'll dial you in. You'll be fine before you're halfway through the first song. And, you know, that's, what, that's the way the pros do it. Yeah, we can do that, right? What we didn't realize was when we got out there, um, they had line check to make sure they had some signal, but they didn't know what they were looking at. Right. And the board wasn't wired properly. The board wasn't marked properly. And so when we did that first Got to Choose song, what you heard in the room was a little bit of vocal and really just the bleed from the stage. You weren't getting any of the mix. Uh, and then that became very apparent when we told them, all right, we need more of this, less of that, a little of this, a little of that, and they weren't able to do anything with it. Uh, things at that point really started to go south. But back to Bruce and the Surreal, yeah, it was very, very cool. Uh, he was great. He was very supportive. Um, you know, he was uh, good to talk to. Um, and I had heard 
great things about Bruce in the past. It's the first time I actually had, had the opportunity to meet him and, and to chat with him. Uh, so everything I heard, uh, you know, was right on. Right, was spot on. He, he was he was real good to us. It was it was great to to have a couple moments with him. Yeah, and plus the fact he had spent all day signing. You know, I mean, he's so busy. But you know, yeah. You know, and I do want to send a shout out to your wife, as he just mentioned. I mean, obviously, she runs around all day looking for bottles of water, trying to keep everything cool. I do remember when she kind of grabbed you by the neck while I was in the middle of talking to you. Look, I would rather if she was grabbing me around the neck, that'd be all right. Your your wife was just fantastic. So, speaking of which, I I did hear that uh, she and Bobby had a bit of an embrace. <laughs> At some He's looking confused. I, I, look, that's a safety embrace. <laughs> oh, so I got to ask one question before we sure. go any deeper on this. Does anybody know really who this promoter was, where he came from? What is his background? Um, okay, so what I know is his full name, and we'll start with just Derek. Um, I know he's West Coast. I know he put together and promoted and ran the L.A. Expo. Uh, I think that was in January or February of, of this year. That's the extent of what I know. Uh, when he reached out to us, I poked around and looked for uh, some sign of how that went and who was involved and, and what some of the feedback was. And, you know, with a lot of these things, you get good stories, you get bad stories. But by far, uh, it didn't look like it was a debacle. Um, the guest lineup that he had there, you know, was encouraging. Uh, and he had all of the same types of guests lined up for New York Expo. So I gave the benefit of the doubt that, you know, this guy's got a little bit of, of credibility here with what he's doing. Um, one of the conversations that Bruce and I had was about the L.A. experience. And he said, he goes, I don't understand what's happening here. He says, this is not, he said, we didn't have these problems in L.A. The sound was here. Things were dialed in right. We, we didn't seem nearly as disorganized as it is here. Uh, and the only thing I could attribute it to is the fact that if this guy is West Coast based, you know, he's got, you know, more relationships, he's got more uh, partnerships that he was working with when he did that first expo, whereas he now gets off a plane here in New York, maybe with nothing, and has hired a bunch of folks that this is not the way you work, right? And it just didn't come together the way he thought. I, I don't know. I'm not hypothesizing on the latter, uh, but, uh, but that's all that I know about kind of where he came from, what he's done, and, and how he got to where we were today. You know what, it's funny because I know on the latest edition of Three Sides of the Coin, they mentioned they have an interview with him coming up, and I think a lot of those questions will be probably answered. I mean, obviously, we could all speculate, but it will be interesting to hear. I mean, those guys, I'm sure, uh, I think Michael said it will be a Three Sides interview, so you can only imagine what that's uh -oh. going to be. So, uh, you know, really I think we'll all find out. I mean, look, I, I have said this kind of throughout the episode here today was that you know, I really enjoyed the expo. I mean, I think like to have that many cool guests there, you know, was was great. I mean, obviously meeting Peter Chris was a great experience for me. Uh, you know, it, it, and that worked out very well for me. So it's like, uh, you know, and and, the, and when I hang up with you, the last part of the show today we're going to talk about is the New York, the Landmark Tour, yeah. which certainly had its share of snags, but ended up kind of in very much the same way what you're describing started off really rough. And then got better. <laughs> and, you know, you kind of keep going. And for me, anyway, it was a good experience. You know, and obviously, uh, you know, you might think twice in the future about the management of these things. But I think in the end, we all had kind of a good time. I mean, we make, we make of it what we can. Um, you know, I am uh, just by nature 
more optimistic, I think, than most people. I yeah. uh, give people the benefit of the doubt. I, I, you know, I come from the side of the table where you, you know, trust that people are truly trying to do the right thing. Uh, with, re- with respect to the expo, uh, I don't want to talk ill of anyone. Uh, I'm trying to talk factual. Uh, the stories that I've uh, published are exactly what happened. Right? It, 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 it really is no more or no less than what our experience actually was and what we discovered along the way. Um, not looking to you know, throw anyone under the bus here. Uh, if you look at the expo uh, you know, completely objectively and you look at that lineup, it was a great lineup. Um, I think where things fell apart was in the execution, in the logistical support, uh, in having the right number of people managing and, um, you know, maintaining the, the order, uh, the support, having, you know, a, a lot of um, the facility-related support items that people would have needed. And whether or not it was oversold, whether or not he underestimated how many people would show up, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe there was a crew of people that were supposed to be there that didn't, that didn't come into work that day. I don't right. know, right? I'm not, I'm not speculating. But the, the problems that I saw were all logistical. Well, and the one thing I know from having worked with you when we had you come down here to Monco, that you are very professional and very prepared. <laughs> and I think that that was, you know, and you figure we worked for months and months working up to the date here at Monco, and it was a blast. I mean, and yeah. I remember you guys coming in the night before, oh, and I yeah. mean, I remember standing there when you were hanging up the sign, you know, getting pretty geeky. I mean, you talk about your star child kind of geeking out, but I think everybody has their moments. When you see that sign starting to go up, it's, you know, it's exciting, and, and it was really one of my really fun things when, when we had you guys here. But I think you could tell that maybe things at this show just weren't as up to the professional level that you usually work at. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I can tell you stories, uh, but, you know, we've, we've learned so much over the past two-plus years, right? When we rolled in our first show after the pilot shows, uh, what we must have looked like, right? Uh, it took us three and a half, almost four hours to get things settled on the stage. I mean, it was, it was a nightmare, right? Now, <laughs> we are such a well-tuned machine. Uh, we put that rise together to get that logo assembled and hung, get that, you know, that giant backline in place, you know, in less than two hours, so a lot of times in less than 90 minutes. Uh, and we pack it up and get it off the stage in about an hour. Um, you know, we put paperwork in people's hands in advance. We've got our schedules buttoned up. You know, I love it when, uh, when Nick... My, uh, my son, who runs the stage, you know, meets with, uh, with a house manager or production manager and hands them our paperwork. And then he turns and walks away. And he can hear them whispering to one another about, oh, my gosh, look at this. I wish we always had this, right? <laughs> when it talks about a lighting script, the set list, the guest list, you know, uh, all this kind of stuff. We pride ourselves in being very organized and very buttoned up that way. When we roll in there, we don't want to make trouble for anyone. We don't want to cause issues for anyone. We want to do what we do and have it as stress-free as possible. So, yeah, there's 180 degrees from that experience in terms of what we were getting uh, by way of support. But, again, I'm not going to speculate the reasons why. Maybe some of that will come out with three sides of the coin. I certainly am going to be looking forward to that podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be good. So, obviously, I think, uh, you know, we kind of covered a lot of that. It sounds like, what was your favorite part of the expo? Did you get to enjoy any of it? I know you were pretty stressed out that day. Yeah, I can't honestly say that I enjoyed any of it except Let Me Go Rock and Roll. Cool. You know what I mean? I mean, Let Me Go Rock and Roll 
that's when I really felt like we're, you know, it was, it was, at that point it was worth it. I mean, it was worth it when it all came together, but Let Me Go Rock and Roll was especially phenomenal because everyone was on their feet, the confetti is flying. Uh, There's a video that I think we shared to our page that somebody captured of that song that ends with the guitar being handed to some, it looks like six-year-old. And I'm like, that's exactly why we did what we did, went through what we went through, and do what we do. That was it. In that, in that video and in, in the way it kind of just cut at the end with this kid holding the guitar, smiling. And it's like, there it is. That's awesome. There well, you know what? I think, in, I think a nice way to kind of transition out of this would be now, obviously, you have a bunch of gigs coming up. Where do people want to go to see Alive 75? They should go to Alive75.com. Um, this has been an enormous year for us. We are... Uh, outperforming all around the Northeast region uh, two, sometimes three times a month. Uh, we're going to be in Poughkeepsie and in Endicott, New York in, uh, in July. We're going to be in Massachusetts uh, in August. Uh, we're going to be in Westbury in September. Uh, we're back in, uh, at, the, at Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. We love playing the Sherman Theater there at the end of the year in December, and there's a bunch of stuff you're in between. With, uh, you're in Allentown. We are in Allentown in Pennsylvania. Yeah, we just uh, that was just rescheduled. They had uh, something going on at the August twenty sixth. August twenty sixth in Allentown, a game changer world. It's a it's a rebranded, uh, renewed facility that we are looking forward to. That one actually, uh, we're excited because it's a nice size room. It's a big stage. It's going to support the entire show. Blood, smoke, fire, riser. The, in- wow. the whole ball of wire. Now where yeah. is that? Now here's here's one problem though. August 26th, we're going to be in Nashville. It's the Rockin' Pod Expo. You're finally coming to my backyard, and I'm not going to be there. Anthony, what are you doing? Don't you check my schedule first? (laughs) Well, Mr. Mapoto, we're going to have to make it up to you. (laughs) You know, now, I think you had a Philly date coming up, too. Is there something going on with a a show in Philly? Actually, funny you mentioned Philly. We were booked to play World Cafe Live Philly on June 10th. The day of the expo. Wow. Wow. So we moved that to first quarter next year to make room for the expo. All right. So Tony, I'm looking at this place, man. It looks like a, a Chuck E. Cheese on steroids. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy, right? They do all sorts of events. I think they have got Marvel. Uh, yeah, they the got week wall climbing. You got everything yeah. in this place. It, they do adult party nights. They do. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a flexible space that they rent, that they use promotion, that they do their own in-house promotion. They've had um, Blue Oyster Cult there. Um, they've had, um, I think they've had uh, uh, Badfish or, or, or Schism. There are a couple of, of reasonably big bands that have kind of already uh, helped them to kind of get off the ground. Uh, we're excited about playing there. Okay. Uh, first time. Look at but, this. Uh, Wait, Kicks, I guess Kicks is Kicks. coming there on Friday, August, August 4th. 4th. Wow. I know where we're going to be, Matt. <laughs> Got to do a little bit That's of kicks. crazy. You know, so you just said they're doing Marvel superheroes the week before. If you go yeah. to promote, maybe you could fight with Doctor Doom and recreate the comic book. I'd be looking forward to that. I'm really going to p- push this whole thing. This is great, Tony. Man, this is awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I, I now am I'm, I'm crushed that you all will be in. <laughs> Another part of the world there, another part of the country. I never get out of the house, (laughs) but in the one weekend, I'm not going to be in the state. (laughs) Right? Well, I would expect us to cycle back there next year. Cool. And when we do, we will likely be in a destroyer motif, so it'll be cool Hmm. to see something new and different. Wow. 
Now, you know what date's coming up, don't you? July? It's the anniversary of when KISS played Wildwoods Boardwalk Convention oh, Center, which nah. was on the first live album. Oddly enough, that anniversary happens every year. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still the first you know, that's live awesome. album. And you mentioned and at the Expo, you did mention that you were going to be transitioning away from, like right now you've always had the 1975 costumes, but you did mention you're going to be looking for maybe a new show, possibly new costumes. Are we going to yeah, change I mean, the name of the band? I, I, that would be tough to do, um, but I, I have to somehow make sure folks understand that it's more than just the 1975. Um, so when we when we did this going way back, right, it was it wasn't expected to go on as long as it has. We didn't really think we were going to um, have as much interest. But we're, we're psyched that there is, and so you know after two years of kind of circling through different places, we're starting to play more. Uh, you know, different music, where, and we decided to kind of follow the the path that kissed it, right? So we started to sprinkle in some of those early Destroyer hits when we did the European tour set for a couple of gigs, and then we started doing the 76 um, July uh, Roosevelt Stadium tour set uh, with the Destroyer um, uh, stuff. And by the end of the year, we hope to start sprinkling in some of the rock and roll over tunes that made it into that tour. Uh, so... It's, it's, it's a natural progression for us that allows us to kind of expand through those 70s classic albums that are really uh, at the heart of everything that we love about KISS from, from, from our young days. Uh, and so along with that, we felt that we should probably start to evolve the set a little bit um, and certainly the costumes. Now, if you remember, we, we kind of landed on Alive and the 1975 era because we could really do that exactly to the T. Um, so I'm still struggling with moving into 76 and 77 and not being able to be 30 feet in the air and flying over the audience oh, right. and having all these flames shooting everywhere, right? Because it's just not going to happen. Uh, but at the same time, the fans have been so supportive and uh, they love it when we throw some of those newer tunes out there. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to keep going down that path. So I think that by December, we will reveal uh, a Destroyer look. And uh, into next year, we'll, we'll tour that pretty exclusively. And who knows, maybe by the end of the following year, in, uh, at the end of 2018, transition over to more of a love gun look and feel. Wow, that's fantastic. So obviously, give the name of the website again. Alive75.com. And everybody can go find out where you're going to be. And they're going to come see you live. And I think what we're going to do is, now, Bobby, can you hang out or you got to go? Uh, I can hang for a while. Let's see what's going on. Because I, I, I got a Taco Bell thing in my pocket that's burning a hole in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we uh, play a track from Alive 75? Yes. And we're going to transition. Anthony, thanks for calling in. Awesome. Always great to talk to you guys. All thanks right. so much, Matt. Thanks, Bobby. Hey, nice man. talking to you, pal. Can hardly wait to see you. Awesome. Anthony, we'll see you next time. The demon from Alive 75. We're going to let you go. Here's Let Me Go Rock and Roll in the Kiss Room on Monaco Radio Music.
because we got a call back. Anthony, you're back. You missed us. I am back. I cannot get enough of the kiss room, you guys. I I know that feeling. I I hung up the phone and then said to myself, oh, my gosh, I just spaced out. Uh, Bobby, you you, you reminded me of the Allentown gig, right? Absolutely excited about that one. But what I should have mentioned is we partnered with Kissmart for that show. Ah, very cool. They are going to be on site with their uh, collectibles and superior merchandise for the diehard Kiss fan. Um, We've worked with them before. Uh, we're real excited that uh, we're going to be working with them again. So um, they will be there at the Game Changer World Show on August, uh, was that August 26th in Allentown. That's going to be fantastic. I'll tell you what, thanks for calling back. I mean, obviously, yeah, they do a great job. Those guys are really cool. Yeah, yeah. We, like I said, we've worked with them before. Great bunch of guys, great merchandise, and I'm looking forward to having them there at the show. We're probably going to do more of this in the future. So we're, we're excited about it. Cool. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks, we're actually, Anthony. We're, guys, have a great day. You thanks, too, pal. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. That is Anthony from Eli75. We appreciate him calling back in. We actually ah. heard a little bit of that. So now I know you said you got to get out of here too. What's going on? I, you know, look, man, you know, I'm Rehoboth. You think, you know, they would do fireworks on the 4th of July? No, they want to do them on the 2nd. So that means I got to get a rocket ride. Dude. Well, so you're going to head out of here. Quick one thought about the expo. What's your thought? I mean, we had a great time. We ate some really good what? cheeseburgers. One thought? Being there with friends... And seeing Peter Chris, knowing that it's his last time, you know, it, it, you know, never say never, say never, say never, say never. I, I, I learned that, and you know, with a wink and a nod. But being with you, Bob, the guys from Alive seventy five, Tony Mann, you know, Lou. I mean, it, it was just that thing that made it, and it was New York City. And it doesn't get any cooler See, you know than what? that. And that's good. What I'm going to do, I'm going to transition. And we got the best burger play, at lunch. I'm going to play this real quick. This song is going to transition us into, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Landmark Tour. And you know what? Bobby said it. We were in New York. And I'm going to start with this. Ready? This is New York.
fade that out. I want to thank Anthony DeLucia for calling in. Bobby's on his way back out to the beach. I got only a couple minutes left to kind of run through the New York City landmark tour because there is a show coming up. You could all stay tuned here on Monaco Radio. So, yeah, let's talk about the New York Landmark Tour. Now, I had pretty high expectations of it. It was cool. We waited outside in line. Again, a lot of people from all over the planet hanging out, talking, having a good time. And it was great until we kind of started to load into the bus. Now, Peter went right up upstairs onto the top of this double-decker kind of New York City sightseeing bus. But it quickly became apparent there was too many people. And there was a lot of people trying to get in the bus. And we were downstairs as Niels just posted a picture that says down in the cellar. And we were down in the cellar kind of looking out the window through like a bus wrap thinking, oh, man, because then we're listening on these earbuds and we can hear Peter. And again, now you get the thrill of it's it's Peter Chris. You hear his voice. It's like every interview you ever heard, you know, you're you're hearing him talk about it. But I'm thinking, man, is this is is this how it's going to run? Because, you know, we're hearing him talk about Madison Square Garden and how, what a thrill. And when I played Madison Square Garden, but we're looking out through bus wrap and it's hot and we're downstairs. And I'm thinking, man, this is not going to be good. Until he came downstairs, Peter came down. He says, man, it's too hot upstairs. And he came down and he sat very close, only about two rows away from me. And now we could hear him. And he was right there. And we're driving around. And, you know, we the first stop really, you know, we, he pointed out a couple things along the way. And we're driving around and he points out, you know, this and that. And, of course, we finally get to the corner for the dress to kill corner. Now, it had taken a long time to get everybody on the bus. And I'm thinking, Man, are they really going to get us all off the bus? Here we are at the corner of 23rd Street and 8th Avenue. You all know it's the Dress to Kill corner. Go back and listen to my interview with Bob Gruen. He talks all about that. But we're at the Dress to Kill corner, and sure enough, the bus starts to lower, and everybody piles off, and all of us now descend from this bus onto the corner with Peter Chris. And it was really cool. I want to give a shout out to Ralph Asbury. He was really keeping it all together, getting a lot of photos. And we piled around that corner. If you're friends with me on Facebook or you're in the Kiss Room group, you've seen my picture. Everybody's crowded around and it was great fun. And obviously, you know, it was it was it was cool, just a thrill to kind of be there. And he was real nice. And at one point he walked right next to me. I said, Peter, was it this chaotic when you were here, you know, to shoot the what became the cover? He says, No way, man. He was just laughing and he seemed to be having a good time. And then we all loaded back up onto the bus and we drove around and he pointed out a lot of things like this is where the Fillmore was or this is where the Hotel Diplomat was. and But a lot of that stuff's not there. Things are banks now and stuff like that. And well, of course, one of the coolest things, we end up at Electric Lady Studios and we're walking down the street as a big group and everybody's going, they go, well, what are you doing? And they're like, well, this is Peter Chris. And sure enough, we all got to go inside Electric Lady Studio. And those of you that know those albums and the and the history and what was created, and we got to go into Studio A, and we're in there with Peter Chris, and that was really cool. I can't say that enough. It was like, I mean, you could feel the history. And again, I'll give a shout out to my friend Bob Brodsky, you know, and all the people we were hanging with. And it was magic. And everybody was together on this. It was great. Pasquale put a bunch of pictures up. I mean, a lot of people from all over the planet snapping pictures. And then it ended up, we get back on the bus and it ended up, you know, everybody going around. And this was really one of the highlights. And again, kind of going with what Anthony just said, a lot of it was maybe it, it felt like, you know, it didn't necessarily, it was like it wasn't going to work out. And then it did. And it was a blast. And now here was one of the highlights. I'm standing in front of Madison Square Garden 
with Peter Chris and the coolest people that were all there with the Kiss Army, and we all sang Beth. Derek Christopher, who's the promoter, I know he's been taking heat from some of the people that weren't happy. He recorded this video, and thanks for recording it and sharing it. It's all of us singing Peter Chris with Beth. Beth, I hear you calling. have it people that's kind of my recap of wizard world and gene simmons and the new york expo i really could go on and on but i can't because there is a show coming in here next to five o'clock so we're going to get them some time and obviously you know really if you want if you want even more of me saturday night july 1st i will be on the metal shop with sean rocks broadcasting out of beautiful butte montana on kbmf butte america radio.org it's like midnight our time so it's uh you know i think it's 10 o'clock in butte montana but it is uh of course about midnight here in uh, pennsylvania so you can all tune in for that that'll be great fun and obviously uh, you know because you can't get enough of me and you can come back on july 14th we're hoping to do another kiss room our regularly scheduled july kiss room should be in you know on july 14th so like i said we talked about this earlier when andrew ciardella called in i said you know we're working on our kiss room demos projects volume four which i want to play in the September episode. So if you can get me those by September 1st and obviously look, I gave a lot of shout outs. There was a lot of people. I think one of the things that really struck me from this month, the month of June was how much fun you can have when you get together with all of your kiss friends or your friends or your family, whatever. I took Madison to the wizard world. She had a great time. I think it was her first time ever doing something like that. And obviously June, I mean, look, everybody's celebrating the fact that on the 28th was the, the Tiger Stadium, the reunion tour. Ace was talking, was he working with Gene on songs? That's going to be coming up. Uh, there was obviously everybody talking. Some people lost their mind over the whole trademarking, the you know, the handout, like the symbol, whatever. 
you got to have the most fun time you can with KISS. That's the bottom line. I really want to thank everybody that's, that tuned in, listened to me yammer on for the last two hours. I really do appreciate it. I want to thank everybody who was part of it. I want to thank everybody who I was hanging out with. And look, if you've got a KISS room button, if I gave you a KISS room button, uh, you know, make sure you post a picture of that. You can always use the hashtag KISS room Friday. Uh, if you listen over the KISS Fact Podcast, they did talk to Superfan Andy. He talked a lot about the KISS Expo. He, you know, I had a fun time hanging with him and his whole crowd. There's a lot of there's a couple good stories. I mean, Julian obviously talked about he was at that last Peter Chris show. I didn't talk about it because I wasn't there. I know that Julian did a really good recap over on the Kiss Fact, which you could go take a listen to that. And we love all the Kiss podcasts. I know there was a there was a thread in the Kiss Jakar. What's your favorite Kiss podcast, man? As long as you're listening to something, I think it's great. And if you're listening to me, I really do appreciate it. We love a lot of podcasts, which is why I'm going to play some ads for you right now. All of our favorites. I do want you to stay tuned to Monco Radio. There's some young guys coming up with their show live next right here on Monco Radio. Love you, people. Have a happy 4th of July. And I will talk to you all in July Right here in the Kiss Room on Monaco Radio, where music and minds meet, I'm going to turn it over to Ken Mills. Check out these ads from the following shows. We are proud to call them the friends of the Podkiss Network. We are one. We're a scene, man. That's right, Kiss Army. We're having a rock and roll party, and you are invited. Tune into the Strange Ways Kiss Podcast and hang out with your Kiss Army brothers, Jody Havnock, Clinton Harris, and D Rock. Join us where we celebrate and discuss the gods of thunder. That's Strange Ways Kiss Podcast. You can find us on Facebook or Podomatic.com. We'll see you there. Podcast Rock City. What's up, everybody? This is Joe from Podcast Rock City, where every week, me and my crew will bring you the KISS news of the week. Look at us as kind of a KISS version of Meet the Press, your source for KISS news every week. We're on iTunes, Podomatic, Twitter, and Facebook. All right, KISS Army. Since 2007... You've been getting Podkissed, the KISS audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your Podkissed. Every month, the Podkissed crew, along with the KISS room, brings you KISS talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great KISS fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Podkissed. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkissed. The Podkissed. The KISS Audio Fanzine for your ears. Kistory Science Theater. The most civilized? Yeah. Oh, f***. <laughs> oh, f***. <laughs> Come on. Respectful. Just imagine Gene with, like like a, with like a wash tub bath. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> And serious. No, wait. Excuse me, Bob. You're going to come over and do my album. <laughs> Kiss Podcast on the web. History Science Theory. We bust balls because we can. Hey, everybody. I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... <laughs> The 
you'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll, and it's always free. Hey, I'm Dr. F***. And I'm the Ayatollah of Alcohola. And we are from the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. If you want to check out some crazy, uncensored, unbiased, totally nuts reviews of classic hard rock and heavy metal albums, check us out. You can get us on Podbean and iTunes. New episodes every Sunday. How do I get a backstage pass? Yeah, you're listening to Harold. Grab your hairspray and your sister's makeup and try to fit in those spandex again. Join me, Bobby Dreyer, along with Matt Porter, every second Friday of each month from 1 to 3, right before the Kiss Room, on my co-radio, where music and minds meet. <laughs> One hell of an audience tonight. Why don't you give yourselves a round of applause? I'll tell you something. You know, a lot of bands like to brag about their fans. Now, naturally, you better believe we brag about you, but we want you to know something. We want you to know, we know that you are our fans, but don't you ever forget, we are your fans! We love you! Thank you for listening to The Kiss Room. Stay tuned to Montco Radio. last-minute crazy things you want to say to conform with expectations? No, but I will say something to anybody out there that's, you know, the weird guy or the weird girl that always has the weird things that they do that their friends put them down for. Don't think it's so weird. Maybe someday somebody will let you give you the chance to make a living out of it. You just stick to it. You'd be weird. Swimming in the pool during these warm summer months can be so much fun, but you need to remember a few simple rules. Watch young children at all times, stay in arm's reach of young kids, never allow anyone to swim alone, always listen to lifeguards and your parents when they tell you that there is no diving, or to swim with a buddy, or to walk please. You should listen. Be safe around the pool and have a great summer.